0: Oh Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Today is Groundhog's Day 2024, and Punks of Tony Phil, he comes out and he says that uh, the is going to be six weeks short, huh? We're going to be short. We're going to be in our shorts soon, huh? I work with somebody who um, grew up in that area, and uh, she was telling me today that like on Groundhog's Day up there, the festivities begin around 3 a.m., what did she say that they do? Oh, yeah, they they serve at like 3, 4 a.m. They serve the town staple breakfast item, which is Scrapple with toasted apple bread. She said that to me at like 830 this morning. I, I was like, oh, my God, it sounds so good. I, I knew Scrapple is like terrible for you, but I haven't had it in so long, you know. Speaking of not having it, I didn't have a drink for the whole month of January. I did that dry January thing. I I started off because my wife wanted to do it. She didn't make it. But guess who did? Your boy B.O.B. in the place to be. Because you know what? When I set out to do something, I'm going to do it, dude, you know? And uh, the brass tacks, the observations are uh, sleep improved. No insomnia, no more. Sleeping through the night, not even getting up to pee no more, which is I thank you, God, you know? If you got, if you got, if you're a male out there and you wake up like two thirty three a.m., go out to the stool, go to the vitamins section, and in the vitamins section, ask or find saw palmetto. It's a great little vitamin It does lots of things. But one of the things it'll do is ease your prostate. You know, and then you could just relax and sleep. You, know? you don't got to wake up at three and do that like Yoda dance to make yourself feel like you got to get back to you know to bed. Oh, it's the worst feeling in the world. It's the worst that I didn't wear the right shoes, and I just, yeah, I just screwed these up pretty good, damn good, didn't I? Uh, oh, well. You know, shoes are meant to be worn. Am I correct on that statement? Does anybody know how to wash their shoes? Can you wash your shoes? I don't know. I don't know. I I would have to take out the shoelaces. That's for, sure, for certain, you know? So solo podcast, we were late with the true pop Bobcast, uh, came out on Thursday. We had both of us had some Mickey and I both have been going through some stuff and, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm going through right now. So perhaps maybe you could relate or perhaps maybe you could pray for me. You know what I mean? But like, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Look, somebody that's somebody I look up to, right? Somebody that uh, I, um, I mean, I just started this relationship and, you know, it it was going really well, but then like, you know, I found out like that they were very homophobic, you know, very anti-gay, very anti, uh, you know, just being gay, dude, you know, and like, look, I am not um, somebody who hates on gay people, you know? And I also really believe, despite the, the verses that are in the Bible, that they got it wrong, dude. You got three verses in the entire Bible that talk about homosexuality or gays or whatever you want to call it. And like, here's the thing, right? Okay, so like, when's the last time y'all saw the movie American Pie? Well, if you haven't seen it in a while, don't watch it again because it is a misogynistic Piece of shit movie that me as a 20-year-old, I remember watching, right? And I remember watching it thinking like, wow, this is where the culture's at right now? Because if you recall at the time, like on Wednesdays, there was the bumper sticker, whip them out Wednesdays, and girls would flash their chests to, you know, male truckers, whoever, you know what I mean? It was full of misogyny, right? Movies like that don't happen anymore, right? Films like that don't happen. TV shows don't happen like that. Now you have shows like detective where you got two very powerful, all powerful female leads. So the times change, right? You're not writing the same story over and over again because you want to be able to reflect the times. Right. And like, there's also this part of the Bible and maybe you've heard of it, but you never really went into detail about it. It's called Sodom and Gomorrah. And I did some research and I'm still actually learning about this stuff, but like, dude it happens in genesis book and if you don't know what that means it's the beginning baby i think it happens around chapter 13 verse 15 maybe i don't know i'm not good at that stuff at all but uh yeah it's like two cities right and these two cities are wowing out, dude they're getting crazy up in there you know and um like the thing that's wild is like they're they're wowing out but god don't like it god's like really mad you know the rumor was that there was like lots of, um, men on men rape. And if you if have ever heard a word like Sodom, that sounds a lot like sodomy. That is because the word sodomy, which is, I believe the word used just in North America. I'm not sure if it's used elsewhere, but I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that. But like, uh, sodomy does come from the, I think it starts in, The the prefix, I forget, but I know it it comes, the word sodomy comes from the city of Sodom, okay? Um, And that is the technical term for um, male-on-male rape. I'm still new to all this stuff, but I had to figure it out, right? And then I start looking into, like, the word homosexuality as, as it's been translated. And if you go through some of those texts online, you can see that homosexuality and the word hospitality were pretty... Um, close together there and if you think about it like they mean two different things but like the rumor has it is that Sodom and Gomorrah was more like a Vegas type place And before that people lived very simple you know what I mean like it was like God and bed you know what I mean there might be food and some farming shit going on there in the between but there was no place like Sodom and Gomorrah which was just over the top these other outside the the Bible scholars say and they say that the place was just a wrecking ball of debauchery you know and hospitality was considered, you know, to be out of control and they had to get rid of it, you know. Here's the thing is, uh, look, I'm going through all these rabbit holes because, dude, it hurt me when the guy said it, you know what I mean? Like, it hurt me because I had felt previously that he was, I don't even know that, <sighs> seeing if I was gay, you know what I mean? Despite the fact that I'm a married man, I have talked about it a lot here in my podcast that, you know, I'm both masculine and female, you know. I go to the gym every day. I love lifting weights, but I'll also cry like a bitch during a movie. You know what I mean? And I love it. I used to be embarrassed that I had this dichotomy inside of me, but no more, dude. And like part of being an artist is to accept that, you know, part of being free. I mean, there even is a verse about it in Galatians too, where it basically says there is no male, there is no female in the uh, when Once you're mended with Christ, that's not verbatim the the thing, but the gist of it is there. It's basically saying there is no male, there is no female, there is no division amongst anyone when you have, you know, given your life over to Jesus Christ. But that's conflicting, right? It's very conflicting. And, you know, I just, the, the worst part about it is like when he did go into the, um, you know, he, he basically said, you know, they're trying to, I'm not even going to say it. I, basically, like I try to say like, hey, man, like, you know, it, people were born that way. But I also don't agree that like I personally don't believe that sex education of any kind should be taking place in elementary schools. Now, hear me out on that, OK? And it's not that I don't want people to be free. It's just that do when you're seven and eight, be seven and eight. You had no idea what the hell was going on when you got a boner. You're like, what is that? What is this? You know, at least you did in the eighties. I don't know what's going on with kids now because the internet has perverted their minds, but like let kids grow up and find that on their own. Don't persuade them into thinking something. Don't like the worst thing is, is the doctors who are now telling kids who are like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, we got drugs that could change you. Dude, you haven't even computed enough info about yourself to do that, you know? And like, I think that that's a choice when you become an adult, you know, not as a kid. And like, is that being anti, you know, something? I don't know, but I'm just simply saying, let the kids be kids, you know? And I also firmly believe that like, when you die, you know, like when your soul is taken from this sack of skin and is removed from this planet of existence and it through the tunnel into this new realm, which some call heaven, which I'm going to call home from now on is that when you get there, dude, you don't got a dick. You don't got a vagina. I'm sorry. I just, I never, I don't even think that the Bible ever really talks about like what happens to us when we're up there. Like, are you going to go look up your wife and go out on a date? No, dude, I see it more complex than that. And it's very hard for people who are narrow minded to see your soul as imagine having no consciousness, right? You got no consciousness at all. You have no inner dialogue. You got no thoughts, Sounds like a vacation to me, you know, but um your consciousness dude is different like i you know like they say that a dog has the like the the i q of like a two year old you know what I mean, and like being that the the kid is <laughs> I just got a text from my boss uh, he's so funny it's his birthday, happy birthday to mr Bogley. you're fifty seven years old Hans ketchup it's good for you. <laughs> Um. Yeah, when you get up there, dude, like it's consciousness, it's freedom, it's your soul. Like I had this vision of my grandmom the other night. I mean, like the ketamine, you know, it allows you sometimes to have grand visions, man. I've never had a, a pill that, uh, or Troche, excuse me, medication, if you will, that uh not only fixes your neuropathways, but you can also have some pretty intense, uh, it's different than psychedelic. It's more it feels real, man, you know? And like, I had this vision of like, you know, I was real upset at my grandmom's anniversary. I miss her very much. If you followed me for a long time, you know how, how, how much I, you know, uh, I said there were once when I was having like a bout of depression, like, you know, like grandma, like, why don't you come haunt me? You know, you told me you'd come back and visit me. Where you been, you know? And like, I just felt like her presence being like, Bobby, 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 it's so great up here. I'm so busy. I'm sorry. I haven't come back. And like, she was happy and she was busy and like, it just felt cool. You know, it felt like her consciousness was just flowing through everything in the universe, you know? And, um, yeah, it's, these are just my thoughts, you know? But like the thing that sucked is just like, you know, like I didn't know, I, I had inclinations that this mentor of mine was like homophobic, you know? And like, I, you know, I, I, I put two and two together and like, I, you know, I had always thought like, look, I don't even realize it sometimes. Like, like I'm very talkative, right? You listen to the show, you get it, you know? And uh, I don't communicate like men communicate, you know what I mean? Like as I got older, I realized I have way much more in common with the female energy. You know what I mean? Y'all listen, you know what I mean? Like men, they're just like, ah, whatever you're going to say, I don't give a shit. Cause I'm going to chime in next time and tell you what's up. Like I've been interrupted so much during dry January, by the way, because when you ain't drunk, you ain't interrupting nobody, but when people are drunk, especially men, Christ, you can't get a word in, dude. You can't get a word in over there. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I mean, I just, I I was so upset, dude, because I didn't like say like, dude, like my brother's gay. I am pretty much demisexual. I mean, like I'm not attracted to men, but like I'm attracted to the boldness and the Creativity, You know what I mean? I also like, can't, I have no like problem saying, yeah, it's an attractive man. You know what I mean? It's not that I want to go, you know, not going that way not saying that stuff, you know, I'm not going to be negative here. Cause it's just like, dude, like the Jesus Christ that I came into contact with last year around this time when I was about to get baptized. I remember like, you know, just thinking like wh- reading what they wrote about him and really honing in on like what he said rather than what people did afterwards. And the dude was just like a chill hippie that like, you know, would probably be up here hiking with me doing a podcast and cared very much for people. He cared very much for, you know, the beggars, the sinners, the people with leprosy, the, the tax man in the tree, who's can't believe that Jesus is looking at him, you know, whores, prostitutes, but not the gays. No, Jesus wouldn't go talk to the gays because he, you know, they were at the bottom of. Come on, dude, think about it. You know what I mean? He totally would have. He also says to his apostles before he dies, "Um, love everyone as I have loved you." You know, I didn't hear any butts in there. You know, and like, this isn't something that I, like, learned. This is something I felt since birth, dude. And here's the deal: it's like there's lots of religions out there, right? And there's lots of people who practice religions and they don't back up their work. They don't actually do it. So I've been looking at different things. And one of the aspects that I really thought was cool about Judaism is that they actually get out there in the world and they have like tasks and assignments, you know what I mean? They gotta be a good person in the eyes of the Lord, you know? And I dig that. Cause I, I mean, I just bought some homeless dude the other night This like, what did I get it but like a buttered garlic knot, you know what I mean? Like, he was outside panhandling and trying to get money, you know, for drugs. And like, uh, when I gave him the food, dude, he like just threw it, you know, he didn't want no food. he wanted, you know, money for drugs. And I got it. But like, I still felt good that I went out and did that for him. You know what I mean? Regardless of the fact that he was just super mad that I got him food, you know, but stopping to help a stranger, stopping to help somebody, you know, maybe who just needs to have like a chat, you know what I mean? Like, people don't do it enough, man. They really just don't, you know what I mean? And like, that's the work that I love. That's the work that I fell in love with during COVID when the world was stuck inside and I was out there delivering your food. Man, I love to engage with strangers at our most vulnerable time. And I think that's what Jesus Christ did, man. You know, all these people were just so upset. Like, you know, like they thought that the, the Messiah would come and bring down the, you know, bring the pain. You know what I mean? Like the Messiah would be the one who would... um you know, free the people, and this dude shows up, and he's pretty much just like a peace-loving hippie, he's like, nah, nah, baby, that ain't what I'm about, you know what I mean, love everyone, they were disappointed, right, they were also disappointed, they were, they were angry at him, he apostated from the, the clergy, because he didn't believe in what the clergy were touting, you know what I mean, he, he, he went to find his people and create his church, you know what I mean, like, I just don't understand how, like, people, like, can get so tied up on homophobia, right? So, like, let's go back in time real quick before we end this podcast, because I just wanted to get some of these thoughts out real quick, and it's, just, you know, I mean, where does this come, where does this begin, right? So, this begins with me being, like, my son's age, seven or eight years old, and, like, dude, I didn't, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have Mr. Beast, we didn't have DoorDash, all this shit. But you know what we had? We had fucking MTV, dude, and it was awesome. Okay? So, MTV in 1987, 1988. Sorry, we're down here to Belzee. You know what I'm saying? Um, please let me live. Thank you. Um, 1987, 1988. MTV is everything I needed it to be, man. It was an outlet, an outlet into a world of like rock and roll rap uh meatloaf you know what i mean like all this different stuff but like something about watching music you know what i mean like it's it's for people who are like-minded creative collective individuals you know what that time period was like i love getting home from school and popping in you know to see what was on you know mtv later in life they introduced uh the countdown the top videos then it went to total request live and then it just Poof, was gone. But on MTV in 1988, there was a bunch of men with, like, hair, long hair, hairspray, right? Leather jackets, tight jeans, no shirt, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was the, the era of um, glam rock. And it didn't really, I I, I couldn't get behind the glam rock because I couldn't feel it. But then all of a sudden, there's this guy named Axel Rose. And he's in this band called, excuse me, Guns N' Roses is an album called Appetite for Destruction. And they got a couple of videos out and like, dude, I was, I was in baby. I was in. So I would like take my dad's robe, his black robe. And then I had a Freddy Krueger Halloween hat that I would wear. And I would take my shirt off, put the robe on, put the hat on. And you do like the snake walk up and down my parents' couch watching MTV. This continued from probably when I was eight until I was like 11 or 12. can Can't Probably 11, 91. And, uh, you know, like the weird part is, is like, it's a man dressing feminine, but these guys in Motley Crue, these guys in Guns N' Roses, they were going backstage and having sex with groupies and their mothers. You know what I mean? Like heterosexuals dressing feminine, right? That was my first introduction. And I remember some people, like my dad wasn't into it straight up. You know what I mean? He thought I was gay or a fag, you know what I mean? Because I was running around and it's like, his generation wasn't like that, you know, like if you were gay back in, you know, the day they they thought something was wrong with you. And it's like, my God, dude, like it's quite the opposite. You're born that way. And if you got an issue with that, don't listen to the show, man, because I mean, like my brother's born in 1987, right at the height of that uh, MTV craze. And like, I noticed like right away that my brother was different, you know, like, I mean, as a baby, yeah. But then, like, when he gets to be four or five, he was inquisitive, sensitive. He walked on his toes, you know what I mean? And he very much, he was an artist, you know, and I identified with that right away because he was sensitive and I was sensitive. But, like, I never judged it, you know? I just, I never did. In fact, he came out and told me he was gay first. He came out to me first, you know? And, like, I was like okay, you know, like kind of like, I still love you no matter what, dude, like, you know, and that type of, uh, that type of, uh, love that he felt stems from what happens in the year 1991 and and until 1994. And, um, you know, I was very confused growing up, um, about sexuality one, because I mean, like, you couldn't even really explore your sexuality during this time period. Because if you recall, people were scared to death still at the end of the 80s, the decade of AIDS. We we were losing Freddie Mercury. We had lost many loved ones. And like it was behind the scenes. Not many people talked about it on like, you know, mainstream television. There was no podcast seed and it was going on. You know what I mean? Like, but there was fear and there was fear and there was like safe sex, like condom, like um, propaganda, like type commercials on television pretty much it scared me is what i'm telling you i don't know about other people but i was scared to death to have sex man i was like oh my god i'm gonna die i'm gonna have sex and the next thing you know i'm dead you know and like i had you know you all know if you listen long time i had an overcompulsive disorder and like i was scared man you know and like i also could you know like i was so curious as to like what it meant to be like gay because like Freddie had died and then like, you know, Freddie was out, but like, they, people didn't talk it. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just such a swept under the rug period. You know, and like my generation coming up, the ones, the ones born in like the the eighties and nineties, dude, we start to feel everything, whereas generations prior. You know, like, their grandparents would even tell them that they love, they were loved, you know? They're hardened individuals, and now here we come starting to feel shit, right? Then all of a sudden, out of Seattle, Washington, there comes a three-piece band called Nirvana, and this dude's voice is the most crazy thing I've ever heard in my life, and he's like, what, five, eight, something like that, you know what I mean? Like, little dude, blonde hair, but when he screams, it sounds like he's got the weight of the world coming through his pipes, and, like, it, it, it gets to a point where... I abandoned the robe. I abandoned the Freddy Krueger hat. Now I'm looking for uh, ripped jeans, Converse sneakers, striped shirts, flannels. You know what I mean? I become grunge. And, you know, I I was just in, dude. I was like, who is this guy? You know? And, like, the thing that was wild is, like, he didn't have Instagram. He didn't have TikTok. He didn't know anything about these guys. And the only maybe you saw some interviews on MTV at the 10th, excuse me, 10 minutes to the hour. There'd be... Dum, dum, dum. Uh, be uh, yeah Behind the Music, I think it was called. Or Kurt Loder was the host. And it would go... Dum, dum, dum. And then he would tell you what was what, right? And there'd be sometimes interviews with Nirvana. And, you know, sometime after Nevermind Pops, Kurt realizes he's in a position similar to John Lennon. And he decides to let everybody know that he's, you know, he does a, an interview in the in the magazine, The Advocate. And when he does this interview, he lets everybody know, hey, I'm I'm not a hobophobe, like these guys that I grew up with in Seattle or in Aberdeen, you know, these truck loving dudes, you know, like wood manly men. In fact, he wrote a song called Mr. Mustache on the album Bleach about men like that and what it feels like to be around them, being an artist, being somebody sensitive, you know, and like, Man, dude, like, you know, then he starts to, tell, to talk about like, you know, being an advocate for um, a band called Girl Riot, you know, lesbian, punk rock, gays, you know, and being open towards it. Then he starts to wear dresses on stage. i would never seen a man wear a dress on stage. And like I was scared because I thought, oh, my God, if my parents see this, they won't let me love Nirvana no more, you know. But I loved it, you know, because it was like he was like giving the finger to like the the people who were so convinced that they were the right species, you know, the masculine man. And, you know, then uh, around that time, I remembered there was an individual in our school. His name was Mark Kame, And he he was gay, but he did this performance once it was sold out in the auditorium. And it was a gong show type battle. The band's a fan. And he got up on stage and danced in these, like, ripped jeans that looked like the Def Leppard hysteria jeans or pour some sugar on me. You know what I'm talking about. And he did, like, a virgin, I think. And the place went wild. But I remember thinking, man, he finished his performance. People were screaming bad shit at him, you know, get off the stage. But he did it effortlessly, and he did it fearlessly. And then, you know, Kurt dies, man. And then I got no clear, like, path for a while, man. I was just really depressed, you know. I had lost my childhood. Oh, my God, I just got so muddy. I lost my childhood uh, idol, you know. He was gone, and he was gone forever, and I was barely, barely through puberty, you know. And dude, it crushed me, man. It, it crushed me, you know, like he was gone. But the lessons I learned from him, I took with me, you know, I took with me through my band, my thirties and now into my forties. And look, man, the thing is, is like God loves everything, right? I mean, like God made us all. I've been telling you all about that God's the creator, you know? Yeah, sometimes like something bad happens to somebody because not all art is great. Sometimes art comes out looking awesome, and then it takes on a life of its own and it gets dark. You know, and that's just the way it is, dog. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I was hurt. The mentor did this. It made me question myself and question my role in this uh, new mentorship and where I was going. But I'm still like, you know, praying on it and like trying to figure out like how to combat that type of energy because also it's like this person like has like one time like I arrived to our meeting and I had like a pink shirt on and like I had these matching like headphones and like I just remember I feel vibes dude I feel vibrations I remember the mentor just being like what are you doing you know and like I don't know you know it's just it sucked I, I I've never been so upset because it was just like I couldn't believe he said it but I knew he was going to say it eventually because I felt those vibes <sighs> the thing that sucks man is like you know with this whole new people know I'm religious people know I'm talking about Jesus but sometimes I don't know if we're talking about the right Jesus or excuse me the same Jesus because my Jesus loves everyone you know and I told you all about how I feel with the scriptures. It's like a movie that's been written a long time ago. Some of it would never be rewritten today, you know? And also too, it's like God, yeah, it's omnipresent. But as far as I know, God didn't write in them books, man. Maybe he wrote through somebody. Maybe he had called upon prophets. But like, if God spoke to me right now and said, no, you're wrong, then I would know it. But like, I spent enough time out here in the wilderness knowing that, dude, Love is the fabric of the universe. Love is the glue that binds us all together. And when you see or come across people who don't believe in this glue, there's the reason we don't have peace. And I guess it is our job to try to influence them to the best of our ability to be kind, caring, and compassionate towards all living beings on earth. With that being said, my name is Robert Patrick James Cahill, and this has been another episode of the Bobcast.